Welcome to the PubCast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Hello, everyone. I'm Cassidy Suleiman, your host today on the PubCast. I'm here with Stefan Thomas, the co founder of Creative Extreme, a multimedia comic publisher. Their magnum opus is Project 365, and I think Stefan can probably explain that better than I can. <laughs> How are you doing today, Cassidy? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yes, uh, The Creative Extreme was a company that I started along with uh, one of my friends from college, Oberlin College, we attended together. We did a project called... Um, Project 365 to set it off in 2016, where we created one original comic book style character for every day of the year um, in 2016. And we released it on our website and throughout various social media platforms with a full color image of each character. We also wrote backstories for every character. We wrote origin stories. We, uh, if they had powers, we wrote how they got their powers. Um, or how they came to be, you know, a part of this larger story, which we incorporated all 365 characters into. So if you read from January 1st to December 31st, you get sort of an entire multiverse saga that kind of wraps up at the end, but of course leaves a lot of loose threads so that we continue to tell more stories. It's actually a, a very unique way of presenting a story. I've never really seen anything like it before. And it's very addictive. Because <laughs> at, at the end of every single uh, character page, there's a hook to the next character's page. Yes. <laughs> and then you want to see, like, oh, this character has a husband. What's he like? Right. Oh, what's this character's mother like? And so... Oh boy! It, yeah, it, 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 was, you right in. it was very it was very involving for us too because what we wanted to do was you know we had to plan this out. This is we didn't like wake up on one morning and say okay what are we going to do for today's character and you know what are we going to do for tomorrow's character. We actually began planning it in October of 2015 where we began to map out January and say okay here's the 31 characters for January and here's the the next you know characters for February and March and so forth and so on because we also wanted to release an image with every character. So we also had to commission artists. So I worked with about 25 different artists who contributed images to this project. And the artists were really excited about working on it because they loved working on original characters. Um, but we, we did, um, we, we did plan the story out and, you know, we tried to do a little bit of cliffhangers for each one. Like you said, there's a hook at the end of every profile, but at the same time, we wanted people to be able to, if, if they were, if they came to the project, like in the middle of it and they just found one, they, they saw an image they really liked and they clicked on it and wanted to read the story, they could actually get somewhat of a complete story within each uh, profile, you know, whether it was, you know, whether it was a portion of the bigger saga or whether this, per this character was kind of more of a, you know, ancillary character who, you know, we did a little offshoot to do their story and then we get back into the main mix of things. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it was, it was fun. It was as fun for us as we hope it is for people to read and check out. 
And that actually, uh, the two the two means of consumption there you pointed out kind of map pretty closely to the ways that the story is presented on the website. There's the sort of chronological order where you can uh, go through each day in order and get the whole story, and there's also like a gallery where it's just sort of a, an image grid in alphabetical order so you can digest all the designs yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and take them in. So, did you have any particular influences in choosing like this format of these profile pages that also tell stories? Actually, by trade, I am you know I'm a fiction writer, and I went I went to college for creative writing. But my love and my goal has always been to do screenwriting. And so, when you're looking into doing screenwriting, you know one of the things that a lot of people who are already in the screenwriting business will tell you is that it's a very oversaturated market. You know, if you're trying to break into screenwriting, there's a million other people who are working on scripts and trying to break in. And it's very difficult to, you know, to kind of stand out. And which is true in, you know, a lot of entertainment or publishing or, you know, artistic endeavors. So one of my mentors told me that the biggest thing you need to do is to create a body of work that people can easily find and that you can easily put out. One of the problems with screenwriting is that it takes a very long time to write a screenplay. So if I'm going to prove to somebody that I can write and I'm going to get a screenplay in their hands, it's going to take me six or 12 months to write that screenplay. When I put it in someone's hands, they may like it. They may not. The, you know, the point was, you know, we want to do something. I want to do something consumable, you know, that was a little bit easier that I can immediately get to people and that I can begin creating a following because that was the other piece of advice that my mentor gave me was that if you want to break into screenwriting, you need to show them that you can start and complete something and that you can, you know, be consistent and earn some type of following because of course, everything that's getting made into movies now has a following. So the idea is to get a following with that. And so I had a friend who was an artist and he had done work for some major corporations like Cartoon Network. And he said he and a friend of his had did a project where they drew a picture every day for 365 days. They got a great following because it was very gimmicky. People were like, oh my goodness, what's going to be next? What's going to be next? I can't believe these guys can keep up this pace. And they did. They just drew, they drew, it was sketches and they're very talented artists. So they were able to like plop down for an hour every morning and, you know, bust out a really cool image and put it online. And he said, why don't you do that with characters? He's one of the artists who I actually worked with who created some of our images. And he said, why don't you do it with characters? And he first suggested that I do one every week. And I looked at the amount of screenplays I already was working on and some of the stories I was working on. And I decided that I would take these characters and make them the basis for this project. But when I tallied them up, I already had more than a lot more than 52. (laughs) So I said, (laughs) so I, you know, just take from like, I have like four or five screenplays that I have either worked on or I'm currently working on and a few pieces of fiction. And then I hooked up with my writing partner who was also working on a book and I said, hey, man, you got all these characters. Let's combine them in this one universe and let's put them out. And so I decided we're not going to go every week. We're going to go every day. So we um, decided to start doing it that way. At first, it was just kind of a gimmick. Hey, we're going to do these characters and everything. But as we were going through the year, we started to get, you know, a little bit of a following. And also we had people coming to us commit who wanted to commission us for different assignments, different ideas, character creation, um, branding. It was people who they, they maybe had a small company and they wanted to have a character drawn to represent their company. So then that's when I kind of said, Hey, maybe this could be, you know, somewhat of a, somewhat of a business model going forward. Not to mention the fact that I wanted to continue to tell these stories. So it kind of morphed, you know, from 
kind of this gimmick to get our work out there to, you know, like, as you mentioned, becoming somewhat of an online publishing, you know, company where, you know, we put all our stories out online. We're moving from these, we're moving from profiles into a phase where we're going to do a lot of comic strips coming up. We have a page that is like, you know, that is featuring that we're going to have these comic strips, but it's not open to the public yet. It's kind of a coming soon thing, but yeah, it's uh so yeah, that's kind of how it morphed into what it is today, but we're still going strong and we're loving every minute of it and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> the method of, of publishing these characters and the, the workflow that went into it is is very unique. And what I was curious about was whether sort of the method influenced the content, <laughs> whether the workflow influenced the way some of these characters were created. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely it did. <laughs> um, you know, we like one of the questions we get often is how did you come up with so many characters? We have a, f- you know, we have a few little, you know, little tricks and trades and secrets that we use, but they're not that secret. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mentioned Harry Potter's this amazing groundbreaking thing that millions of people read and even more people watch the movies and everybody's like, oh man, this is like so cool. And, you know, I've never seen anything like this, but the idea that they've never seen anything like that is a lie. It's, you know, it's kids in school, right? It's kids in, at a boarding school. They will, instead of taking math, they're taking spells and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's a, it's a small twist on a very, very, you know, tried and true story. Out of all the characters in all, of all the wonderful, unique characters that we've fallen in love with in Harry Potter, 90% of them all have the same power. You know, they all Mm -hmm. have wands and they can all do spells. There's not a whole lot of uniqueness to the general layout of the characters. It's just the details, right? Harry Potter is the chosen one and Hermione is the, you know, is the smart, sassy, you know, young lady. And Ron is the, is the loyal best friend and all that stuff, but they all have the same powers, you know? So one of the things that we did when creating it is one of the ways we were able to create bulks of characters would create these kind of you know, teams or sections of our little universe where everyone is, you know, practically a wizard or everyone is a Jedi or everyone is, you know, uh, an, an assassin or everyone is a ninja. Like at the end of January, we have, I think, 10 ninjas, you know, they're all part of one clan, but that's 10 separate profiles. It's easy to draw images for them because they're all wearing similar gear and it's easy to tell their story because their stories are all somewhat similar, but they have divergent points. You know, they were all part of this clan. They're all ninja. They're all, they all do work under their, their grandmaster, but this one is a little sassy and that one is a little, not as confident in his abilities. And this one has this particular weapon while that one has that particular weapon that definitely influenced the way we created like clusters of characters so that, yeah, we didn't have to come up with entirely crazy, unique, you know, things because, um, you know, here's a little quote that you could take with you. Um, the greatest enemy of creativity is originality. If you're a writer and you're sitting there and you're trying to come up with something that no one has ever, ever seen before, you're never going to come up with anything. You know, every story we, we write or everything we pull from, everything we create is pulled from influences. You know, I used many, many influences when coming up with these characters and creating them. And, and this, it's, it's the details of the characters and the symbolism you want to attach the characters that makes it unique. So, yeah, when it comes to creating characters, you know, when we're doing it this fast, it's like we look for the overall story of what we want to say. And then, yeah, we plug in the characters that best represent what we're trying to express. 
Okay, and so speaking of the characters, I do have to ask, there is an amazing variety of characters involved with Project 365, obviously. Uh, at least 365. <laughs> Wasn't the final tally like over 500? Yeah, it, it got to be over, we actually tallied up over 600. We had a young lady who oh, wow. made track of all the characters who were mentioned in all the profiles, and yeah. <laughs> so, over 600 characters, who's your favorite? <laughs> Can I can I can I cheat? Can I give you a few? <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> That's a really mean question. Go ahead. All right. So the very first character that we released is named Black Jag, and he was very autobiographical to a certain extent. He he he's a genius, and he becomes a lawyer. I'm not quite a genius. Like I'm pretty smart. I like to think of myself as smart, but uh, <laughs> but he was a but more so where I'm very into the idea of social justice. I grew up in the Bronx. I love growing up in the Bronx in New York City, and it was, you know, great, great place. But it's one of those places that is plagued by a few of, you know, society's ills that will end up affecting, you know, people of color and poor people, you know, so much more. So I was like, I wanted to create this character who wasn't, he, he was, he was like Daredevil. He's a lawyer during the day, but he fights crime at night. Um, but I, but I changed it into the idea that he's a civil lawyer, you know, so he's out there and he's, uh, you know, since he's already, he's already made a bunch of money, you know, before. So he's able to do this hero thing. He's, you know, Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark. He's got all, you know, he's got all the money in the world. So he can do all these like pro bono cases where he fights for the civil rights of people and his neighborhoods and in these poor neighborhoods during a day but then at night he goes in there and rids the cities of these of, of the crime elements are you know you know maybe does a little bit of you know intimidating to some of the people in charge who are you know instituting rules and laws that hurt people rather than help people so black jag is one of my uh was one of my favorite characters and i'll give you a small history lesson uh black jag's real name is kwame archer he also works with a couple of other heroes named Nightbird and Metro. They're numbers one, two, and three. Uh, Kwame Archer, Keisha Pine, and Jamal Greenwood. Archer, Pine, and Greenwood, or should I say Greenwood, Archer, and Pine, is where this uh, band, the Gap Band, comes from. They did a bunch of songs. They were kind of like around the same time Earth, Wind, and Fire were playing. And they were called the Gap Band because Greenwood, Archer, and Pine was a cross-section in Tulsa, Oklahoma, back in the 20s, which made up a community that was dubbed Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street was this incredible community where, you know, Black people were not allowed to be in, um, in you know, in a lot of neighborhoods at that time. So they created their own hubs. And Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Greenwood section of Tulsa, Oklahoma, became the biggest one of these, these, these hubs for Black commerce and Black entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. And um, Greenwood is the name of the area in Archer and Pine were the main cross streets. So when I found that out, I was like, I got to name some characters who kind of represent this idea of black excellence and fighting for black rights. So which which makes Black Jag one of my one of my favorite characters because he's kind of the leader of that and he really pushes for it. So that's one long way around. (laughs) Another one of my favorite characters, and this is because it's my wife's favorite character, is a character released in February and her name is Madam Deadhead. Madam Deadhead is a superhero who is a part of a team uh, called the Sister Click. And the Sister Click is these five black female superheroes who are, um, who all went to college together. They wake up the next day, they wake up one morning after a bachelorette party and they found that they have toasted a bottle of wine that actually had a super serum in it. They all become superheroes and Madam Deadhead is like the powerhouse of, of the team. And she's kind of like has a really sassy attitude and she's really strong and powerful. My wife loves her. So 
I love her. But there's Liberty Star, who is an ex-Navy SEAL. She was like one of the very first Navy SEAL uh, females who, and then also went on to lead SEAL teams. Um, so she's, so, so she's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like picking a favorite child and, and I have three, I have three yeah. children, <laughs> you know, so, um, so I know, I know what it's like to, to, to spread the love, but I mean, so those are three of my favorite black Jack, Liberty star, Madam deadhead. There's, um, Oh, there's, there's so many, uh, a hero named captain infinity who can manipulate time. And that's always interesting to me because I love time traveling stories. So captain infinity is like, if you do something, if you manipulate the timeline at one point, how does it affect the whole rest of history in the future? So I, so I really like playing, you know, I really like, you know, playing the ideas that, um, that, that his character presents. So, um, yeah, yeah. So quite, quite, quite a few to choose from, but that, that, that's a few. That's a smattering of some of the ones that come to my head when people ask me who my favorite characters are. Uh, Project 365 was originally published online, but, uh, you just put out a book, right? Yes, we did. We did. The book is uh, characters 1 through 31. It's all January. It's 108 pages, full color. And we created, we created the book mainly because there are a, a, a huge portion of the population in general and our readership, they like something in their hands, you know? So, you know, we had plenty of people who came to us and said, oh man, I, I really like what's going on online, but I wish I could you know, have something, you know, just in my hands to read, you know, they can lay in bed and read it or, you know, when they're, you know, hanging out and don't want to be looking at a screen, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit easier to, to read for some people. So what we did was we, we took, you know, the first 31 characters, we put them into a book. The book actually has brand new editorial um, because one of the things, um, what you read, you know, maybe going back to one of the, the, one of the questions you asked previously, what you're reading online um, not only was the story content influenced by the way we did it, but, you know, kind of like the quality of writing. When you're writing something at such a breakneck pace, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to go back and, you know, proofread it 75 times. <laughs> you know, it's like, we got to get this out. The goal was to, to get it out, um, which is another thing that paralyzes writers where it's like, I don't know if it's good enough yet. I don't know if it's good enough yet. For us, it was like, well... We have a deadline and it's midnight. <laughs> it's midnight tonight. So we just got to put this out. So one of the things that I've been doing over the last four or five months is finally diving back in, re-editing it, rewriting it, kind of streamlining the story a little bit. Because while we had a general idea of what the story would be, as we're writing it and as we input characters and, and all of that, the story kind of, you know, it morphs. It took some unwieldy turns that we weren't anticipating. So I'm going back through and re-editing it. But also that was what part of the book was, that it was going to be new editorial, more streamlined story. And, you know, the book has been really, really cool. We just released it last weekend at WonderCon in Anaheim. And we sold several copies there. And then we've had people buy copies online. So it's, it's really getting us some good publicity. It's getting us some, some good exposure. And, you know, and also I'm just really, really proud of the way the book came out. And it's wild because even that book is still a work in progress. I'm still going through and thinking to myself, oh, I could manipulate this and change this a little bit and make this a little bit tighter. And, oh no, a typo. Gotta, you know, in the next yeah, printing, yeah. gotta fix that, you know? What's that rule where there's, you can't catch uh, all the typos until yeah. the book is already published? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, so, and it's, it's convenient though, because we have, there's so many online printing companies, the printer company we used to do this book, 
all I have to do is call them up, send them a new PDF, and they'll print new versions of the copy of, of the new version. So it's really convenient for us too, which is something that I would say to anyone who wants to publish their own book. There's a lot of really affordable ways to do it. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the process of adapting this originally online content to print form. Mm. <laughs> I imagine there's got to be some changes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, like we initially did like a straightforward adaptation where it was like, you know what, let's just take the stuff we have online, plop it into a book and give it to people, you know, go through it the same way they would have gone online. But yeah, when you put it in a book, people have a different expectation of what of, of what it is in a book as opposed to scrolling through something online. Um, especially if it's in the, the format of a website like we have it, where it wasn't like an ebook or a you know like a PDF download of a book. You know, it was online in a very specific format. So when we translated it over, yeah, I wanted to make sure that when people picked up the book, they were getting something that's a little bit more complete, something that's a little bit more polished. You know, the, the internet is still a little bit the wild, wild west, you know, like you get up there, you put content out and you see where it goes. You know, when you put a book out, people are picking up and they're expecting it to be really tight, you know, able, able to enjoy it, you know, cover to cover. You don't want to leave too many crazy cliffhangers. So even though this was only January 1st through January 31st, I wanted to rewrite it in a way where someone could pick up January, read it, get to the end and be like, okay, that was a pretty satisfying story. And oh yeah, there might be a little bit more coming. So that's how, that that's the main way the book changes from what's on the website right now. I am going to change some of the editorial on the website to be tighter and, and everything like that. But, you know, that's the biggest change. The other change is that we do want to begin to do some print comics. So now we have to take what's essentially these huge blocks of text. Like this is all prose. This is all prose. Like that doesn't even have any dialogue. One of the unique things about Project 365 is that it's over 500,000 words and there's only one line of like quotation dialogue in the entire thing. When we're creating these print pieces, now we're looking to create more dialogue and create more back and forth between the characters and really begin to show the voices of the characters because that's the kind of thing that people will also fall in love with. Oh, the overview of the project is huge. It's big. Oh, look at all these images. Look at this big story. But at the end of the day, people fall in love with what the characters stand for and how that is expressed through what they say. So that's really something that I'm looking into and really creating the voices of the characters as we move forward. That's one of the big changes that are, we're going to go in from going from online to, to, to print. Although we are going to also release, you know, digital comics as well. So, I mean, it's kind of one big cauldron of, of copy and, and content, but, you know, we are planning out different phases of it for different, for different formats. So it sounds like when you were putting it up online for Project 365, your biggest pressure was sort of the immediacy of the schedule. Yes. Just sort of putting things out quickly enough to catch people's attention and build that following. Whereas in print, the expectation is a little bit more sort of the polished product. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Not to say that the online couldn't have been, you know, we, we kind of made the decision, like I said, in about October, someone did propose to me. They said, hey, why don't you take this year, 2016, to, to write it all out and then start doing it in 2017? I considered that. But I also thought, you know, knowing me, knowing how busy I would get, I would say, well, since since we have 12 months... You know, I can take on other projects. I can, you know, do things. And then we would get to October anyway and say like, oh no, we have to, you know, scramble and get this all ready to go. So I say, you know what? Let's just, let's just make it happen. 
begin to bring the following in with the everyday gimmick. And then, you know, as we get people, yeah, we'll begin to give them more and more polished stuff as as we go along. Okay, okay. Uh, didn't you recently hire a new member of the uh, Creative Extreme team? <laughs> yes. The social media manager? Yes. Jojo. Jojo. Jo- jo- Joanne Santiago. She was actually someone that we met at a con in Arizona. We were at a Phoenix Comic Con last year and she came to our table. She was really excited about the project and we just began talking. And she, like several other people, have asked us, how can I be involved? So actually, you know, she's 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 the newest member, but she's not the only other member other than myself and Chris. She was like, I really want to be involved. And we're like, you know what? We need social media people. We need some on-air personalities as we move into doing video announcements about our projects. So she's been great helping us out at cons, streamlining some of our social media stuff moving forward. We have a little project that we're doing where we're going to take a couple of our characters and give them individual Twitter accounts and have them kind of you know, commenting on things. A lot of people have these kind of character-driven Twitter accounts. So we want to, like, there's, you know, um, emo Kylo Ren. Oh, I love oh, that. Isn't Kylo it great? <laughs> isn't it great? <laughs> so, and there's hundreds of them out there. So, you know, we want to add that where take a couple of our characters, create Twitter accounts for them, just have them begin to interact with people. Obviously, I can't do that on my own, and Chris and I can't do all of that on our own. So, yeah, people like JoJo who come on, like, she'll be, like, running one of those accounts, you know, and putting it out there, interacting with people, liking and retweeting and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, al- along with JoJo, like, I have, like I told you, I have a young lady who does all of our archiving, keeps track of our universe, several of our artists. I have about six artists who work for me kind of on a retainer so you know they're always ready to do work for us graphic designers i got some video people but i mean yeah the creative extreme team is is pretty sizable to to do that uh, project 365 overall about 40 people contributed to it overall you kind of answered my next question there (laughs) which is what your what dastardly plans you had with the social media yeah angle you kind of answered that um yeah that's one of them that's one of them Could you tell me a little bit about the reception of the project? Uh, what do you get fans coming up to you and saying? Absolutely. I mean, for, for one, the biggest thing is that they're blown away by the magnitude of it. When you go to these comic cons, which we've been to quite a few over the last couple of years, the, the, the main thing people say is, oh my goodness, I can't believe like you guys did this crazy project. So people will follow it just based on the magnitude of it. But one of the biggest things people tell us is they love the diversity. They love the different kinds of characters. They love the different characters from different, from different backgrounds. They also, one of our biggest compliments we get and one of the things that people say that I wasn't expecting, but was hoping for was people like the fact that the women in the um in the project are all or there's like there's a variety of the, the way they look body shapes things like that because if you look at popular comic books for the last however many decades there's been a very standard way female superheroes are drawn that is actually something that we discussed with the artists where we we're saying like listen we don't want every character to look like you know insanely voluptuous and curvy in that kind of quote-unquote traditional way. So one of the big compliments we get is people love seeing that we have characters that look a little bit different and that there's a variety. The reception at the cons has been great. Our friends and family, of course, are all over it. You know, yeah. Um, you know, they want to see what's coming next. And yeah, we, we, you know, we slowly building more of a reception on like, you know, Facebook is our main platform right now. So we have over a thousand people who follow us on Facebook, which is, is pretty cool with that steady ticking up. 
But I would say that our biggest challenge right now is the fact that Project 365 is, is so dense and we're dealing with a society today that just has a, has a short attention span, you know? So not everybody's willing to sit there and read through all of that, all of that stuff. So we have a lot of people say, yeah, I visited the site. And we'll say, oh, you know, what did you like about it? And they'll say like, well, you know, there's a lot of characters. And we'll be like, okay, yeah, I haven't actually read anything, but that's okay. We don't, that's all right, you know, because I know how dense it is. So we've shared the comic strips that we've been working on with a few people. And so far, people are really liking that. We're hoping that that's something that really helps us to bring in more fans is, you know, they can, they can check out these comic strips, click on them. It's a quick five to 10 minute read, get a little bit of a story and get hungry for what's coming next. That's really one of both one of our challenges and one of our incredible opportunities we have coming up here in the next few months. All right. Well, I think that's about all the major questions I had. So could you just tell our listeners where they can find you on the web? You can find us online at www.thecreativeextreme.com which is all spelled out, The Creative Extreme, all the E's. You can also find us on Facebook at the search The Creative Extreme. You'll see us pop up. We are on Instagram at The Creative Extreme. We are on Twitter at Creative Extreme 1. Yeah, those are the major platforms you can find us on. And you can see all of our characters there, all of our stories. And uh, we are creating comic books, comic strips, and we also have merchandise where people can buy T-shirts with our characters and our logos on it. So um, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we're doing and that we're hoping to get get out to the people. And if people want to find this new book that you've just released, how do they do Yes, the best way to find that is to uh, right now is to go to our Facebook page and um, you can send you can send a message to our Facebook page. We are getting it into our store and at www.thecreativeextreme.com. But right now, if you come to Facebook, you can get the book by sending us a message to our Facebook page and we'll get you all hooked up there. Okay, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. This has been the podcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org. Thank you.